good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back sooner than ever and better than ever this time. I'm Tim. And I'm Joanna Gaines. I mean, I'm Sarah. <laughs> That's right. I was playing the role of Chip Gaines earlier, being the, the doofus on this broadcast. And I'll continue that as we are in part two of the decor episode. And if you'll remember last time, we talked about four steps. And we also promised this episode will be coming out sooner than usual, which is why I'm saying that, because typically we'd have 10 days, to two weeks between episodes. But this topic is so meaty, and we kind of left you hanging with step number two. We're going to come back and give you step number three and four of the four steps of key decor upgrades. And we talked about in the last episode, just to set it up before I hand it back to Joanna here, number one is convincing yourself, which if you'll remember, I was not convinced when we started this episode. And then the second one was convince your owners that this needs to be done, which brings us to where we are, Sarah. All right. So we're on step three. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, just stop this one and go listen to the other one (laughs) because it won't make sense. So step three, I think, is the trends and what to buy. And so I would like to say that I, as you all, many of you know, I went to Wake Forest. I was a business major. I know nothing about this other than what I have read and seen on what show, HGTV, on that channel. So I'm going to share with you research I've done, what I'm seeing in the marketplace. I'm not saying I'm Dory, my decorator. Okay? All right, Tim? So don't... Fair enough. Yeah. Don't ask two tougher questions. Well, I've got a, but, I've got one of those too. Her name is Deb. She's my wife, <laughs> and so it, it's just difficult to thrust yourself in the middle of this because we talked about in the last episode. I'm sorry to interject and take over here, but on the last one we were talking about convincing owners that you need to do this, and it's so easy for them to suck you into it to go, okay, great, give me three bids and tell me what to do, and uh, and you go ahead and get it done. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to get into that. So. Mm. I like the idea of bringing somebody else in, and so that's where Deb comes in or whomever it, the person's name is on your staff or is arm reach away that can come in and help you out on this kind of stuff because I, I fail. I just know what doesn't work. Yeah, and you also don't have the time for this, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I this is painstakingly difficult to do when you have to do a lot of upgrades, ordering, waiting for the delivery, all of that. So we're going to get into it. Step three with trends and what to buy. This is where you could punt to the decorator Mm -hmm. and never say another thing. Mm -hmm. Or if you're interested in it, you could learn some of these things I'm about to talk about with trends so that you could blab about it a bit and then punt to the decorator. So here we go. Have you heard of what hoga is, Tim? I have never heard that word before, no. H-Y-G-G-E apparently said Huga, Huga, 
Maybe okay. it's like that. Okay. Well, I've this, heard of that. Actually, no. What's that? Said, oh, no, I've heard of that. No, no I haven't. No, I haven't, yeah, right. I haven't heard of that either. You're not Danish. So we even have a Huga house. We call it the Higgy house because that's how it sounds. <laughs> and that's how it looks like it's said. But this owner wanted to call her house the Huga house because this is the big trend out there. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's this Danish word that expresses the feeling of cozy intimacy and simple pleasures. Think large scale knitted blankets because Americans especially are on vacation looking for simple, quiet, uh, disconnected break and vacation. And so this is the look. If you look at, again, West Elm, all these different magazines, websites, stores, you will see the look is a more casual kind of an industrial, might have metal and wood, but then lots of cozy throws. Don't you see those sheepskin rugs everywhere? You have Mm -hmm. to see that, Tim, even in the Outer Banks. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about sheepskin, but I I get it, yes. (laughs) Maybe this is more in the mountain town. I definitely see the metallic, though. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I also found there's this thing called Wabi Sabi, a Japanese worldview that celebrates imperfection. And you are seeing that too, right? Have you heard of the word patina? I know, Deb, your wife has. Yes. So a lot of kitchens have like chipped off paint. Things aren't absolutely perfect now. It's cool to be old. It's cool to look a little worn, but not like that bear and moose covered couch that a lot of our mm-hmm. owners still have. This isn't um, like that shabby chic stuff shabby chic right how many words can we get out like that you can go the wrong way on that really quickly (laughs) yes you can (laughs) that's why you need a decorator and that's you know that's a really good point before i found dory we were doing this a lot on our own and we would just order this lamp here and this couch here putting it all together is an art and so you might order a bunch of shabby chic huga wabi sabi but it all comes in and it looks dumb you know and then the owner spent all this money and it doesn't even look good. So that's a danger. Yeah. Well, most of the time they haven't spent the money. That's when it's a real danger. They try to do it themselves. Like, yes. Oh. Oh, I know what you're t- saying. I'll handle it. And you go in there and you're like, what? Yeah, that's what I'm really nervous in the last episode. Remember I mentioned that owner was FaceTiming me and saying yes. we just bought some things. Yes. And what I really wanted to do was scream, stop. <laughs> yeah. I saw what you bought last time. Don't touch the furniture store. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you also need a decorator that can't be persuaded and is just trying to make a buck. It needs to be someone that's opinionated and gives thoughts back to the owner because the owner might be, like you said, an accountant. They have no idea. They don't care. They'll like whatever. They have to be led of the decor to look for. Mm-hmm. So did you know macrame is hot? Like those macrame wall hangings? That's very hip. I did not know that. Yeah. And I personally don't like house plants or even fake plants, but you have to get them. Apparently, you should go for succulents. Oh, what do you about think that. about the fake plants? Oh, gosh. The dust collectors, you mean? Yeah, yes. That's exactly what my housekeeping manager would hang me from the, the yard arm or whatever. But you could probably get away with some succulents. Yeah, you can do some succulents. You know how you can sell house plants? You know how some owners go absolutely crazy with their fake plants? The, mm-hmm. like the formica tree, whatever that was in the 70s. Oh, yeah. um, I ficus. say that we have a lot of, what's that? Ficus, not formica. Oh, for, yeah, not formica. <laughs> Although formica is coming back okay, on countertops. Funny you mention it. Fike, yeah, ficus. Okay, whatever. I don't even mm-hmm. want to know what it is because I don't want to ever see those again. But we tell um, owners that a lot of our guests are sensitive to dust. They have allergies. And so you just can't do those fake plants. And that, that works. 
Okay. Um, okay. So anyway, there's other things that are hip right now. I'm sure, Tim, this will send you over the edge, but those acrylic clear chairs, oh, tables, no. nesting tables. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. You hate those. Anyway, I just think no matter whether you're excited about this topic or you're more Tim-like or you think I'm crazy, you need to educate yourself on what is the latest out there and figure out what's going to work bang for your buck. So let's talk about bang for your buck before we talk about the process. And I, I really want your opinion on this, Tim, from a beach community. Before we go into bang for your buck, though, nothing, even though the buck is cheap, don't go Ikea, don't go cheap furniture. Oh, yeah. I used to do that. It breaks. You finally got the owner to put up five, ten, fifteen thousand, and you get all this cheap stuff, and then it breaks, and they're frustrated because you're telling them they need a new chair five years later. What do you think about the durability of furniture? Well, you're on the right track, obviously. You don't want to go too far, though. We talked in the last episode about crate furniture. You don't want the stuff that's going to be here when the cockroaches are the only things left around. But uh, you know that that stuff's been around for thirty years and it's still in some houses. There's a happy medium in there somewhere, but certainly uh, IKEA stuff—it's dangerous. It tips over you know, if you if you don't weight it properly. Thinking like a dresser, if the top yep. drawer <laughs> that thing will tumble over on a child. So, yeah, you you have to safety dur- durability equals bang for the buck. And so here's my question for you, Tim. Obviously, I think you know my answer, but what I think. If you, if you get an owner that just says, oh, I don't want to spend too much, but I'll do a little bit, mm-hmm. I betting, and when I say betting, I mean the comforters, the shams, the throw pillows, the way the bed looks, the art that you have in the bedrooms, the living room, wherever it might be, the art doesn't have to be really expensive. That's where you can go cheap if it's the right look. And then fresh pillows on the couches. I think those three things, you can make a place look very different. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You didn't mention window coverings. That's another one. You don't have to spend a lot on that either. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Bed, just the bed uh, coverings can be enough to turn a room around, in my experience. Yeah. Again, that thing's been on the bed for how many people have slept in that? 600 people since you replaced it? Splurge a little. Yeah, I mean, when we finally got into some of these homes, we looked at them. They were coming apart. They were mm-hmm. ripped. They had holes. And they kind of smelled, even though we washed them. It's mm-hmm. gross. You can say that to an owner, even if they don't care about the look. This is disgusting that you've had a 1,000 guests in here and never replaced the bedding. Mm-hmm. Ew. And then another idea, I don't know what you think about this, but... Dory, my decorator, got me on this. We just went out and purchased $2,000 of art. So you can get a lot of art, some of these websites, usually not framed, but it's that wrapped canvas. It's mm-hmm. kind of that hipper look mm-hmm. with uh, lots of colors. I'm sure there's good ones for the beach area. Mm-hmm. And we just bought $2,000 of it and just put it all over all of our walls in Steamboat and our Winter Park offices. And what's cool about that is when the owners come by, it's accessible. They don't have to order it. They don't have to mull it over. They, I had an owner walk in. They were like, oh, I like that one. I like that one. And I want that one. Wow. How much are those? And I said, oh, this one's $80. This one's $150. This one. Okay, great. Can you have that in my place today? Sure. Wow. So there, there might be an idea there about having things ready to go. Mm-hmm. You have to have space to do that, of course, in your office. That's one of the things we have mulled over. We've not done it yet, but we've talked in general terms about maybe cooperating with a furniture store, that they would have some of the better-selling armchairs, couches, decor in our lobby area. 
because we have a we have a very large lobby area, almost That's like right. a, almost like a studio or a showroom right there in my office yeah and convince them to just put it there on consignment like yes, you don't exactly. even have to pay for it exactly. yeah that's a great idea mm-hmm. you know what i also think mm. i can't wait to hear what you think of this okay. the way your office looks speaks volumes to what you think the style should be so i just spent a lot of money remodeling our office in winter park and it's a little edgy i'll send you a photo mm. i'll post it on facebook if you guys yeah. go to facebook put it okay? on facebook yeah but if you have an outdated office, you're saying to the owner, this is acceptable decor. That is fascinating that you said that because it is five years and one month since I moved to the office I'm in now. And I was in a shopping center in a rundown situation where the landlord would not improve this, that, or the other. I actually bought what is a bank. It's a 16,500-square-foot building. And it is over-the-top impressive. Most everybody that walks in goes, wow. And our market position, our quality of inventory, and our competence of staff has changed dramatically in those five years, mm. I'll just say. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Yep. Because people walk in and go, oh, yes. they have crack together. Yes. And then your employees feel proud to work there, and it's a nice place to work. That's where they have to live every day. Exactly. So not to get off on that topic, but it can influence how you then show owners how to decorate. So we just did a whole new meeting room with these hip chairs, and it's kind of saying, we believe in this. We invest in it for our office. So Mm -hmm. I want to think about that. Then there's lots of other things with bang for the buck, and we'll get to the process. But I I firmly believe in game tables. I bet you do, too. Are you seeing that foosball or pool table can really up Mm -hmm. the rentals? I do, and there's a theme here that I want to go back to. The first thought I had back when we started this episode one episode ago, one of the most difficult things to deal with with a homeowner's mentality is they have a mindset of, oh, those guests are just going to break it anyway. What did I care? And this Mm -hmm. is an area where maybe they've had a bad experience where somebody put a pool cue through a wall or something like that, but it is so few and far between that it definitely outweighs if you have the space for it. Now, let me just say that. You can't stick a full-size pool table in an 8 by 10 room, but if you have space... It definitely is a, it's an amenity. People gravitate to that stuff. I mean, that gets to the mindset and we might, what should have started that with this whole episode. Your owners have to be in a mindset of wanting to please guests Mm -hmm. and make them excited to stay there. Not, well, you're lucky I'm renting this thing. I don't (laughs) care what they think of it. That's never going to be someone that wants to invest in the experience. Right. They're not going to be in your rental program, it sounds like. No. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then make sure you talk about plenty of seating and you look at that from the get-go And then bedding options, I can't emphasize enough, flexible bedding. A lot of owners react of, well, I can't believe you want a bunk bed in here. That would make it occupy 14 people, and I only want 12. Mm -hmm. We can still say 12, but a lot of teenagers don't want to sleep in the same room as their kid's sister. So it's good to get them going on lots of different bedding king the bunk over queen is a trend in the mountains and then those front gate easy beds instead of pullout beds mm-hmm. i even tell owners don't even get a pullout bed anymore unless you're gonna spend like three grand plus yep. because they're so uncomfortable well they are they, they're comfortable for like a day <laughs> you get anybody yeah. that's over 50 pounds it's it's done for yeah a little baby for one day might be able to sleep comfortably <laughs> i i don't think we even advertise them anymore i have to check with my staff but you get so many complaints on them 
And then the last thing, and this is my, Dory, my decorator, told me to say this, and it is important, that the decor needs to reflect the location. And what that means is we have overabundance of moose and bears in a non-hip way in a lot of our properties. Mm -hmm. You can bring in the mountain look in a fun, colorful way, for example. But I was just in Orlando at Verma, at VRMA, and I stayed at a house with my staff. We're in Orlando, Okay, and the whole thing was a safari theme. Oh boy! <laughs> so there were elephants and tusks everywhere, and we thought, wow. "What is this?" It was so cheesy. So I do think you know you can't put a huge moose at the beach house, right? No, I would hope not. <laughs> you would definitely have a differentiation in the market. <laughs> <laughs> the moose house the at moose the house. outer banks. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave step three because we're probably running out of time. Yeah, Should I get to step one? Yeah, we're, we're more than halfway through. We're two-thirds of the way through our time. You, okay, I'm going to have you interrupt step four. <laughs> okay. Well, the process, and this is what I'm most interested about because I think the process would include things like decluttering, that's a big thing I see in houses where they just got stuff everywhere. And mm-hmm. one of the things I've become aware of since I married a general contractor with an interior specialty is that I hang pictures incorrectly. I, I'm evidently too tall, and so my pictures are too high. And we oh. talked about that rental property that I, I rented over the Christmas holiday. All of those pictures were too low. They were at my belly button. So the whole process of actually how to put this stuff together is something I'm really interested in. And that gets to getting a decorator again mm-hmm. that you can trust. I don't think, Tim, you want to spend all day hanging pictures. No, but I've done it. I don't know how to do it. And you have done it, right? I've done this stuff too. I've been putting on new bedding on comforters, thinking, what am I doing? I'm like the woman in American Beauty, that movie. Kind of three ideas around the process. One is I do feel like if you want them to upgrade, you should offer some bit of labor for free to make it worth it because there's a lot of labor involved in this and I mean more in the delivery and setting up. So you might set an expectation. We're going to give you five hours of free labor to do this. It again feels like you're giving them something since they're spending money. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I, I love it. I wrote it down. It's a pullover moment, folks. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Give them some free labor because you're going to get the benefit of it as well. Right. And Tim, I think this is when you should be doing your decor upgrades, not in the summer. Mm -hmm. Same with me. We stop. We try to put the brakes on for the winter months. Do it when you're dead, not when you're busy because, man, it's hard to be getting deliveries of furniture, setting all the stuff up, and the guests are knocking on the door. So time it right. But anyway, three steps. Here we go. Mm -hmm. One. In the process, clear expectations. You need to figure out who's deciding. Some owners just say, fine, let's do, I don't know, $10,000. Get the best bang for your buck. You're telling me I'm going to get more revenue, and you better. And just go buy it all. Get the decorator. Have her do it. I don't even need to see it. Those are the perfect owners. Yeah. Then you, of course, have to have a budget. Who's paying and reimbursing? Are you going to go spend the 10000 and then charge the owner? Or is the owner going to pay the decorator directly? That is something you need to talk about up front. Get this out. Don't make it awkward later where they think you're buying it, but you start putting it on their bill or they're being called for their credit card and it gets awkward expectations. Anything else on that one? Well, I was thinking, about, again, back to expectations. 
my wife, Deb, says most owners don't have a clue. For instance, in balancing the room, making it open to make it feel bigger, use of tables, things like that. How do you, for lack of a better word, tell them they're no good at this? Yeah, that's <laughs> a great. I mean, that might be the biggest question of this, both episodes. And I think you have to be blunt in a nice way. I mean, you're Southern. You got <laughs> Southern people that can talk sweet. Yeah. I think you need to say, here's the deal. I can't do this. I'm not even going to do it. And I'm telling you what I think I know decor. Please trust a decorator. Please. She knows what works well. She knows what's right for vacation rental. Please trust her. I think you have to push someone hard to do that. Or they're going to spend 10000 and it's not going to look good. And the whole point is moot. Good. What do you think? Do you think you could say that? I'd have to practice in front of the mirror, but I think I could do it. Okay. <laughs> And honestly, it frees them up, especially if you're a decorator. If you get a decorator you trust right. and the decorator isn't charging an arm and a leg, mm-hmm. usually decorators can get deals for cheaper and then they just charge the up price of if, if you bought it directly. Mm-hmm. So you're, the owner's still buying the item the same amount they would have paid like online, but the decorator makes money that way. So do identify how the decorator's making money and make sure the owner knows that too and they under, they're clear so there's no, no hard feelings there. But then it makes the whole process easier. I mean, who wants to go figure out furniture? That's the most boring weekend you could ever spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the expectations process. That's step, you said there's three steps in the process. That clear expectations is number one. Okay, and then number two. two would be delivery, setup, and removal. Okay. Once things are ordered, you think, great! It's all ordered. We're good. (laughs) But ask my maintenance team. They told me this summer, Sarah, you need to get a moving company. This is ridiculous. I mean, furniture comes at all hours of the day. You don't even, as much as you plan, as much as the decorator plans, you can't figure out when they're actually going to show up. And some delivery services show up and just have to get it all out of the van right there on the street. They don't even set it up if it's not coming directly from like a West Elm kind of place. So you have to know how that's all going to work and you can freak your maintenance people out by getting, you know, there's a couch, get over there before they go back to Denver. So you have to work through that whole thing. Who's going to deliver it? Who's going to set it up? Is Are you going to charge for labor? And then you got to remove the old stuff. And this always shocks me that a lot of owners want to come get their old stuff. Oh so point of all of this is to set to figure out the expectation, but you have to have storage. And Tim, I don't know about you. It sounds like you have a really big office. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of storage. So we had to rent a garage this summer and we mm-hmm. still have it, thankfully. And we have that thing full of furniture going and coming, putting stuff on Craigslist, having people come get old couches. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a process. Oh, it is. And we have a big office. We have no storage. But owners don't realize that, and they have they send stuff to us all the time. It got to the point where we had to come up with something where we start charging them for space because I'm not in the storage business, and so yeah, that's a this is an important point here. This number two about the setup, delivery, removal thing. We luckily yeah. have some thrift stores here that help out mm-hmm. with uh, community needs. Like there's a battered women's shelter has a thrift store. They'll come and get old furniture resell it and so the owner can get credit for like a donation maybe that's an option yeah and it's another thing you could brag about in your newsletter and how you're helping the community mm-hmm. so i yeah i love the thrift store idea and the final the the end game the exciting part what is it i'm gonna let you share it tim is what it, is the most exciting part step three you're all done what do you get to do i think i finally figured it out the first thing you started with when we started this episode 
days ago. Point one was photography. Is that it? It's going to look good for new photos? That's it. Yeah. So you get to re-photograph it and then show the owner and publish it online. I get antsy as soon as there's new furniture in a place, new decor. I can't wait to re-photograph it because I want to replace those old photos. And I just thought of my last point. Okay. Because you're re-photographing, and I don't think you should charge the owner for that. Okay. That's another place where you're throwing them a bone, saying I'm going to get a professional in there and redo your photos. But my last point is this is another way to open the conversation. So, Tim, you could go to Joe and Mary and say, Joe, your photos are looking old. I need to redo them. I'll stage and all of that. But before I do, was there any decor upgrades you were going to do? Ooh, tricky. I like it. Like everything in this room? (laughs) Yeah, and they say, oh, we were thinking about a couch. Yeah, Joe, get that couch before I do the photography, right? We don't want to do all the photography and then you upgrade. So Mm -hmm. it could be another segue to start the conversation. Very good. I like it. This is great. You've I'm going to say it. You've won me over. I'm going to have to go back and figure this out and go talk to some owners. Well, like you said in a couple podcasts ago, it's all about passion. That's right. And I have passion for this. <laughs> you do. Good on you. All right, so now it's time for Not So Hot Off the Press, but definitely happening. And today we want to give out a, sh- a shout-out to two of our peers in the industry that just had some good press. I want to talk about my man, Andrew McConnell, who last just last week was, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, I, I lose track of time, was highlighted in the Forbes Magazine online edition with his company, Rented.com, and Andrew, a really bright guy. He did not go to Wake Forest or the University of North Carolina. He's, I mean, a really bright guy. And it talked about how rented is becoming the arbitrage of the vacation rental industry and how his whole model, and if you're not familiar with Andrew, talk to him. He has a great company. The concept being that he will guarantee income for a homeowner or a rental company. I don't want to sell his company for him, but he'd certainly be glad to talk to you, but he'll guarantee this amount, and then he's able to re-rent the property at whatever he can get and make the difference. And it's been a successful model. He's gotten some capital investment, and he's doing very well. I think he has over a 1,000 companies now. And anyway, Forbes picked him up. So good on you, Andrew. Look forward to talking to you if you still will talk to us under links next time we come around. So that's good. One. Yeah, Andrew's a nice guy, very down to earth. And speaking of smart guys, the Steve other one. Milo. I don't know how many episodes we've had where we haven't mentioned Steve Milo. <laughs> I don't even know if Steve Milo would recognize me walking down the street. But anyway, Steve Milo had a big announcement where he just changed his company to be called V Trips. Do I have that right? You're right. And so far, it doesn't look like a listing site. It just looks like he rebranded his company. But in reading between the fine print, I think he's creating a new listing site. Is that what you think? I would love it, Steve, if you did that. Because one of the most popular events at any education seminar is Steve's unabashed, with air quotes, review of all of the third-party websites out there. And he cuts to the nitty-gritty on all of them and tells them where their flaws are. And so he knows this whole third-party stuff better than anybody. He also owns... I think vacation rentals in 19 markets now with uh, more than 2,000 properties. And I think he's getting ready to go international. So he's rebranded his vacation rental pros into V-Trips. Good name, great website identifier, the uh, www. 
www.vtrips.com, I guess is what it's going to be. And I'm sure he's going to onward and upward. So good job, Steve. I think he's gotten a lot of uh, pats on the back and is employing a lot of people and he's creating a lot of awareness for our industry. So we appreciate yeah. it. And that'll be interesting to see whether it becomes a virtual manager where he's just going to list his properties or it becomes more of a listing site. That'll be funny. Then we'll do an episode and we will rip all over VTrip someday. It's <laughs> like right. he rips all over VRBO. Right. Watch out, Steve. We're coming for you. Uh, he doesn't back off. He's fine. But uh, we, we still shake hands at the end of the day, even though we don't uh, agree on everything. That's the way Steve operates. So good stuff. All right, Sarah. So that will uh, wrap it up here. Let's go back and cover the four topics that, or four points that you uh, had outlined on this whole thing about uh, the decor episode. Okay. The first one would be convincing and educating yourself. Look at, I'd say the biggest thing here is do a revenue comparison of like properties and see if you can show that updated decor makes more money. The item two on the four steps of the decor episode was to convince your owners, not only your existing owners, but you can use this as a great marketing tool for potential new owners as well. Right. And then step three is trends and what to buy. Huga, wabasabi, macrame succulents. No, get make it look hip. Do your research. It's easy to see anything on HGTV to see what is hot right now. And then finally, the fourth step would be the process from buying, delivery, setup, removal, and finally, drumroll please, new photos. <laughs> so we all benefit from the work. So great job. You did the heavy lifting on this one, Sarah, but it was really good. I'm going to leave, leave you with a quote from Thomas Jane. I'm going to say it a little bit in a southern accent. Tradition always has been updated and pushed forward. After all, you wouldn't send a debutante to her 80th birthday party wearing her original dress. <laughs> okay. All right. That'll do it for us this time. We'll be back in about 10 days to two weeks with another exciting episode of Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. I'm Tim. Thanks for and listening. I'm Sarah. <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast, brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sounds. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website, Sea to Ski with SarahNT.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Sea to Ski with Sarah and T.